<laughs> Hello, you guys. Our summer hibernation is officially over. Over with the announcement of the short list of host cities for Eurovision 2023. We are super excited to discuss that. Joining me this evening is the lovely Oliver up in Liverpool. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and the ever effervescent Jonathan down in Exeter. Hello. This, of course, is just hugely exciting news. In case any of you actually missed it, I don't know where y'all were, the seven cities in the running to host Eurovision are Glasgow, Newcastle, Liverpool, Manchester, Leeds, Sheffield, and Birmingham. Those are the lucky seven. As a starting point, I just want each of you to reveal a surprise moment or a shock about this shortlist. What startled you, surprised you? Let's start with Oliver. The shock for me is no Bristol. I thought that Bristol was going to be on there because there was a really strong bid going. It seemed really exciting um, that they were going to set up this new venue a la Copenhagen 2014. Um, and I would have loved to see Bristol on there add some Southern representation, but I think the fact that we've not got it, and also that there's no Southern city in there at all, is probably the shock of the day for me. On the Bristol point, what surprised me is that it was left off because when it's empty, when you have nothing scheduled because the venue's not yet built, you have more flexibility. Mm -hmm. You have more wiggle room. You don't have to cancel anything because guess what? <laughs> no one is there. And so that was really exciting. Um, but I guess the expense, like, can you pull it off in time? Those questions were probably floating in the atmosphere. Um, we should point out that the Brabozen, Brabozen um, hangers have in fact been used. Adam Lambert, Queen warmed up there recently. So they're further along than Copenhagen was when they converted their shipyard. Alas, it's not to be Jonathan. Yeah, I think as an overall, definitely the lack of Southern cities was a big shock. If I was going to pick one in particular, maybe it's the obvious choice, but I would say London. I didn't think they were going to get it in the end. I think it would have gone somewhere else, but I was expecting them to at least make the short list because they have the technicalities by far to be able to pull this off. So I did think they would have breathed through onto the short list stage. So that was a shock to me. Yeah, it's interesting. <clears throat> On our website, webblogs.com, in the comments section, there are a lot of heated comments about London. And some people say London gets too many events. Other people say, that's a myth. What are you talking about? I think the general point is true, that London gets the bulk of investment, the bulk of attention. It is the capital. The queen lives here, y'all. You know, tourists come to London. So London does get its share fair of economic benefit, I suppose, is another way of phrasing. It gets all the events. This northern corridor, the southernmost city is Sheffield, isn't it, on the shortlist? Birmingham. Birmingham, babes. Birmingham. And then, you know, over there, Sheffield, all the way up to Glasgow. This kind of speaks to the political winds, right? The BBC and indeed the government often talks about the northern powerhouse leveling up. And with this shortlist, hey, they seem to be doing it. You know, this train is headed north for those of us here in London. And I think that's actually really exciting. 
I don't have a strong preference for Host City, partly because as we've gone through the weeks and you guys and others have written posts about other cities I don't know as much about, I've been like, ooh, I would like to experience that. And so in a way, I'm kind of like, let the gods handle it. Wherever we're going, I'm excited to be, because I'm going for Eurovision. I'm not going to go to a museum. I know that tourists at Eurovision have a different kind of spin, but if you're covering Eurovision, you are there for the event, for the rehearsals. You know, you're at Eurovision Village. You're not so interested in the local museum on pottery. You're just not. All right, before we continue, let's shout out to some of the people who are on this chat. Matthew Lennon says, I like how all of these cities have been through rough patches recently, but reinvented themselves, sort of parallel to Ukraine. That is beautiful. That's beautiful. And I think Manchester Arena, the Ariana Grande bombing, is a really good example of this, how someone with evil intentions tried to rip people apart. And through music, you know, they celebrate music and coming together every time they have a performance at that AO Arena. So that's really beautiful. Thank you so much, Matthew Linhan. Do either of you guys have other examples of cities kind of rebuilding that are on this short list? I think Liverpool, in it, of itself has seen huge renovation over the years. I mean, obviously I'm gonna wax lyrical, wax lyrical about Liverpool throughout this entire thing because it is my home city. But in the 90s, Liverpool looked completely different to what it is now. And there's been so much investment in the waterfront. It was essentially like a dried up, it was, it was a hole in the city, but now it's kind of the liveliest spot in town. And the fact that it's even being considered, I think it's, it, I mean, it's just amazing from my standpoint to witness what back in the day Liverpool had quite a negative reception, let's say, reputation, whereas now that's just gone completely the other side of the spectrum and people are really seeing it for the joy city that it is. So that's really exciting to me. I think you can probably pick examples of similar things in all of these northern cities because there's been real, no, decades of real depravity in the north just to be blunt to be honest um just to be able to see the growth that we have across the north and again someone who does come from the north um from leeds even though i am now a southerner in exeter um to be able to see that growth in, in northern areas and to really power that home and to have it as the dominant area in this shortlist it is really amazing to see as we said a lot of the investment in the uk has been in the south for decades now and yet yeah, there's been so many promises of leveling up to the north and and things like that so this does feel like a bit of a um a nice goal in a way that that, that we have really achieved that Absolutely. I just want to shout out quickly to Sinon Monster. He says, these three boys are glowing. Thank you so much. It is sweat because it is so hot, at least here in Southern England. I don't know about y'all and we don't have an air conditioner. So I am dying. Clara Simmons, she wants Birmingham. Iliu Orsanu says, the only reason why I would love Eurovision to be hosted in Sheffield is that we then may get Arctic Monkeys as an interval act. This is a great segue. The Arctic Monkeys are, of course, from Sheffield, and they have a fantastic venue. I actually went to the European Figure Skating Championships in that arena in 2012, y'all. It was amazing. There's a real sense of camaraderie I found in that city. People were really warm, really kind, and this venue, this venue is everything. One Direction actually gave their final performance before they went on hiatus back in 2015 inside the venue in Sheffield. 
For that night, they had 15,600 people. So a lot of people were surprised that Sheffield got shortlisted, but they actually have a world-class venue, which I think is often overlooked. And I think when you have a smaller city relative to the others, okay, like obviously it's not tiny, but smaller cities, I think it means more to them and they will often put everything into it. And you feel that, you know, down to people on the street, you know, um, it's like during the Olympics in London, obviously that's a huge megalopolis, but it trickles down the joy, the excitement, so Sheffield should not be overlooked. I'm less confident about hotel accommodation. Like, you know, I, forgive me. If anyone's from Sheffield, please tell me, are there enough hotel rooms, the minimum 2,000 beds? Obviously with Airbnb, you can sort out tourists, but for the delegations, you need those air-conditioned hotel rooms. Do either of you guys or any of our readers have thoughts on Sheffield? I have family in Sheffield. So I've, I've been to Sheffield a fair number of times. Um, it's, I mean, just from a weather point of view, it's quite interesting because it is relatively high up. So um, it has its own little little climate going on. Um, I think Sheffield's a, a, another really good example. You know, we had sort of Sheffield Hallam, Sheffield Wednesday sort of football clubs and sort of the, the crisis that we've had in terms of all of that as well. Um, I haven't properly been into the city centre um, generally go and visit the cousins in in the suburbs. Um, they have this really cool tram system in there. One, I think, one of the few you know UK cities that still has the tram. So, um, in terms of links around the city, that's a really nice way to get around, similar to what we had in Turin. Um, so, yeah, I think Sheffield should definitely not be overlooked. It's really great to to have that there. I think they don't necessarily have a dedicated airport. Would be one thing they tend to share one with Doncaster um, so Sheffield Doncaster Airport so that might be one tricky thing but um, yeah I think there's there's still going to be many ways of connecting us to Sheffield. And I would just like to point out I was reading on weebyblogs.com this statement from the city council in Sheffield Sheffield stands in solidarity with Ukraine and the Ukrainian people including those we have long been linked with in our twinned city Donetsk so obviously in the east of Ukraine, this city has been hugely impacted for quite some time. Um, and the fact that they're twinned with Sheffield says a lot. That could be a really powerful moment. And our readers, our viewers, sorry, we're seeing what you are saying about Sheffield. Mr. Jake G says, it's amazing my home city of Sheffield has been shortlisted. And that is the only other comment we have on Sheffield. Y'all got to step up your game, okay? Locals in Sheffield, it is time to get this hype train going. All right, I think it's now time to turn to our favorites because a lot of people in the comments are naming their favorites. So I think I know your answer, but Oliver, who is your favorite to host Eurovision 2023 in UK on behalf of Ukraine? Is this my favourite on who I think it's going to be or my favourite on who I want? Your personal favourite, who you want. My personal favourite is, I mean, it's obviously going to be Liverpool. Uh, home city, grew up down the road from here about half an hour away. I was born in Southport, for anyone who really wants to know. Uh, yeah, it's a really great city. I think that logistically it makes a lot of sense um, to host it all on the waterfront. And for those people who might not have visited the city or might not be too familiar with Liverpool, as it is now, the arena, the MS Bank Arena, which is obviously the proposed venue, it's attached right next to a convention center. 
we've got that statue of Silla Black, we've got Penny Lane, we've got the Superland Banana, all incredible tourist attractions, of course. Uh, but I, I just think it's one of the most unique here. It's kind of a seaside city and it's got such unique architecture, Georgian, um, Art Deco. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it is the UK city that has produced the most number one singles on the UK charts, potentially outside of London. Um, obviously, owing a lot of that to the Beatles, but also Echo and the Body Man, um, the Wombats, Scylla, Atomic Kitten. Um, and yeah, the, tra- the transport links are maybe a factor that we don't excel in as much as, say, Manchester or Glasgow. But I think when we actually look at the shortlist overall, that doesn't seem to be too much of a concern because Leeds Airport, for example, isn't the biggest in the UK. Sheffield and Doncaster, you know, it doesn't fly everywhere across Europe. Um, So I wouldn't be looking too much into that. Can I say something? People need to get comfortable with trains, okay? You can fly somewhere else and take a train. I know they're not cheap in this country, but it's not that big of a deal. If you're a devoted Eurovision fan, getting on a train is not the hugest imposition. You'll probably be riding with other fans, and y'all can talk about the songs on your way over. (laughs) Anyways, Oliver, continue. Yeah, no, it's it's a totally fair point. Um, My final point just on Liverpool was, if anybody has been watching the BBC today, there has been so much coverage about Liverpool, and just an entire piece on BBC News at one today, which yours truly featured in, thank you very much. It was just seeing the imagery, that drone footage of Liverpool, the shots from around the city, I think producers have clearly seen, ah, this looks really pretty, this looks really nice. They're clearly devoting a lot of attention to it. It makes a good news story, it makes good scene on camera. I think it's an obvious choice. I think it's a really strong contender. The brown waterfront of Liverpool, says Mr. Jake. Is the water dirty? Is is this shade? Hello, Mr. Jake. When was the last time you visited Liverpool? It's, <laughs> sorry for the shade. I did have a reputation back in its day, but it doesn't look like that anymore at all. If you go to the docks, it's one of the most, it's one of the prettiest places in the Northwest, I would say. Um, at least that's industrial or one of the prettiest places in a city in the northwest let's say and quickly while someone's commented on sheffield i just want to share it because i don't know if we'll get another comment on sheffield given how things have gone lawrence william says i'm intrigued to see sheffield it would bring something different thank you so much for your generosity of spirit i got my visa renewed um to stay in the country in sheffield so i have very fond memories of not having water for six hours while i waited in a room with no ac in any case <laughs> jo- uh, jonathan What is your favourite city to host Eurovision 2023 in the UK on behalf of Ukraine? So I am probably going to have to be rather biased as well and pick Leeds as a personal favourite as someone who hails from the wonderful city and I would personally call it the capital of the north. Um, The arena there is, is really stellar. Like the first director Arena has won global awards um, when it was first created. It has held so many amazing concerts um, and it would create definitely an amazing atmosphere for Eurovision as well. The, the arena is like a 10 minute walk to the city centre, so it's really close. You can absolutely get anywhere sort of that you might want to sort of in the centre of Leeds fairly easily from uh, where you are sort of staying. There's a reasonable number of hotels, I would say. We've had 
a good amount of expansion. There's probably quite a few flats and students' flats that you know might be able to turn into Airbnbs as well. Um, I think the there is a rich culture there. I have often sort of seen Leeds as slightly more of a business and shopping hub rather than a tourist destination for a lot of people. A lot of people, if they go to Yorkshire, will sort of skim past and maybe head to York. That's got a bit more architecture and stuff like that. But I think this would be a really nice opportunity to showcase Leeds a bit more um, and the, the, the history that we do have. Um, you know, the market stalls and the Royal Armouries uh, and our little theatres as well, sort of, um, sort of a number of our theatres just going through renovation at the moment, so they'll be prime and ready for, for when uh, Eurovision comes around. And also, this is, I guess, a big one for the lead bid, that it is uh, the UK City of Culture in 2023. So there's going to be so much going on in Leeds sort of throughout the year and that we can sort of cram even more then into the May time just around Eurovision and just sort of really highlight this. Similar situation, obviously, we've talked about Leeds Airport a bit. And in a way, I would draw a comparison to Turin. As someone from the UK, Turin was not the easiest city to get to. There's like, there was no. one direct flight from Stamford basically every week. Um, a lot of other people either had to go in via Milan or they were changing via Paris and Amsterdam. So Turin still managed to do it all fairly successfully. So, you know, flight things are, are not necessarily the, the key, key issue here. Um, and I think, you know, the arena definitely in Leeds is, is one of our biggest selling points in amongst sort of the multicultural aspect that, that we have in Leeds um, and the way that we would be able to sort of honor Ukraine and other well said. Now, I want to um, share some comments about Leeds. We've been getting quite a few of them. The first is from Liam Allen Lindsay. He says, Leeds has a very bad reputation of being a dangerous city and with a lot of violent crime, so people could be hesitant to travel there. Now, look, crime is everywhere. Um, I particularly had, I had never heard of Leeds being particularly dangerous. Jonathan, is this a thing? Like, is this something you've heard? It's not something I've specifically heard of there is a lot of nightlife in leeds it is basically where a lot of the regional sort of towns and cities and people in there would would come to leeds to, to have that nightlife so when you've got that sort of more localized area of people all out in the town then i feel like that is you know a place that someone might pinpoint a bit more but that is the same in all major towns and cities there there would have been no, I'm sure some crime in Turin at some point over the years as well. So, yeah. Well, I have actually pulled up the 10 most dangerous cities in the UK. And let me just tell you, there are a lot of cities that are above Leeds. So I'm not sure that the statistics bear out that um, comment. I'm not going to name the other cities because all of them are on this short list. And that might complicate this discussion. <laughs> all right. Book Nerd says, Leeds is my bottom pick. Yulia Orsanu says, Leeds, Sheffield, and Newcastle, the three musketeers of this shortlist. Now, they're heroic, so is that a good thing, or is that a bad thing? And Felix P. says, Leeds doesn't have an international image and lacks character for me. It seems like a middle-of-the-road city. 
All right, well, Jonathan has just told us all the reasons why it's not middle of the road. And if you want to learn more reasons why it's not middle of the road, you can visit weeblogs.com where we have 10 reasons, 10 facts you should consider Leeds. I'm just gonna read you a few of them now. Number three, Leeds has one of the biggest city parks in Europe, okay? And this is the thing. People talk about X city is not a tourist destination. If you're there for semifinal two and then you're going home, how much time do you have to look around, really? You're going to the show, you've got to queue, you know, you got to be there several hours early, you're having lunch, you're not going to the Museum of Pottery. So what matters is the venue and the celebration the city can create. And given that Liverpool has a 700-acre park with extensive parkland, lakes, woodland, and gardens, Leeds. I am so sorry, Leeds, <laughs> then you can pull this off. Eurovision Village would be amazing. Jonathan, could you actually elaborate a bit on this outdoor space? Because what I'm gathering from these comments is people are perceiving a very urban place with nothing to do. However, you've got this vast woodland. I think this is one of the misconceptions of the north of England in general. We were very much a hub for the Industrial Revolution. We had a lot of industry going on and, you know, this is why we sort of have this perception of you know miners being from the north and and all of that going on so there has been you know so much development since then and you know leeds is right on the cusp of the yorkshire dales the pennines if you're really wanting natural beauty leeds has all of it within literally 15 minutes drive um, just head outside of the city and it and it's really there if, if you're searching for it you can most definitely find it and also, number six on your list, the world's largest suit of animal armor is on display in Leeds. Well, there you go, I'm sold. It is time to get some Game of Thrones going on. Also, um, is it the birthplace or the place where Marks and Spencer's was founded? Yeah, so our market uh, was the very first stall where Marks and Spencer's was formed and then it just grew from there. The press room is catered, done. This is exciting. You guys, quickly, can you please shout out your favorites in the comments? And we will read some of those out shortly. Please shout out your favorite in the comments. Now, I actually don't have a standout favorite, as I said earlier, because, you know, I'm ready to let the spirit take me wherever, but I want to review quickly our reader's picks on our ongoing poll on weebyblogs.com. We launched this a few hours after the shortlist was revealed this morning. It's in the news post. And we have received, I will tell you right now, a grand total of 1,905 votes. And oh, Glasgow is the runaway favorite at the moment with 38% of all votes. That is 38% of all votes followed by Manchester with 21%, Liverpool with 13 Birmingham with 12 Newcastle with 6 Sheffield with 5 and Leeds, oh, Leeds is last, babe. I'm sorry, 5.3%. Hey, anything can happen. I wouldn't count Leeds out, especially after hearing you talk about that arena. Um, that is beautiful. Look, I'll just talk about Glasgow since it's currently winning our reader's poll. The Ovo Hydro back in 2019 was the world's second most visited venue according, according to Polestar, okay? That is huge, and it's consistently stayed in the top 10. So, you know, it's up there with the likes of Madison Square Garden in New York. It's up there with Manchester Arena 
you know, they're all occupying the space of fabulosity. We know they can hold massive events. COP26 back in November, that was a success. They boasted at the time that they had 15,000, 15,000 beds available. That far outstrips the need um, uh, by, blah, 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 stated by the EBU of 2,500. So capacity is not going to be an issue. So venue, check. Hotels, check. International airport, check. Okay, I sound like that woman on the most recent series of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. What was her name? She's from Georgia. Angeria Paris Van Michael. Thank you so much. She is from my home state. She is amazing. But listen, Glasgow also has another X factor in all of this. It's the only city in Scotland that's still on the short list. Everything else is in England. No shade to England. I'm there. I'm there right now. Love it, live it every day. But you got to remember, Eurovision is about showcasing cultures, right? And I'm not saying there is no English culture, don't get me wrong, but what I'm saying is we see less of Scottish culture in the mainstream. Like, you don't see it as much. And I think this would be a beautiful time to showcase another nation of the United Kingdom. The last time the um, Scotland hosted was way back in the 70s in Edinburgh, is at Usher Hall, long time ago. What could they do now in the Ovo Hydro, which we saw in Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Circle? What could they do with this beautiful venue in 2023? I think they could do a lot. I can already see them with, I don't, I'm not trying to be cliche, but beautiful bagpipes. Bagpipes as they're meant to be played, not the stereotypical kind we get on the radio in the USA. You know what I'm saying? Like they could do something really beautiful, really special, showcase the architecture. It could just be amazing. Like, also I like cold weather and you know what? It's the furthest north. So let's get ready to slay. Comments on Glasgow from our viewers. I'm typing in Glasgow. Yulia says, I don't really like the circular shape of the arena in Glasgow. I'm afraid it may get problematic. You know what I think? I think it's amazing. It was designed by Foster and Partners, the same people who did the Millennium Bridge in London, the same people who did the tessellated ceiling of the British Museum in London. It is really iconic. And actually, it's based on an ancient Greek amphitheater and the kind of, I, I forget the term, but the structure and the way that it's patterned is to help create the perfect acoustics. So this isn't just a matter of form, it's a matter of form being married with function. And the reason I know this is because I'm about to publish 10 facts about Glasgow on weblogs.com. That was not just, that was rolling off a tongue for a reason. But what I'm saying is that venue, everything has been thought through because Foster and Partners, y'all, Norman Foster, this, this is no joke. What do you guys think about Glasgow? I'm going to fish for comments while you discuss. Oliver. First of all, I'm curious about that comment and what they mean by problematic. Are they thinking, I mean, obviously it's just a comment, but Whoever you were, please elaborate, because I'd love to hear more about UFOs. It, you know, TV structure. Like, what, what about it will be problematic? I think that Glasgow is in with a huge chance. Obviously, it's been a favorite for a very long time. Story of Fire Saga, endorsement from Nicola Sturgeon, First Minister of Scotland. It's got everything going for it. Everything on the shortlist ticks all the boxes, but Glasgow is definitely the one with probably the most fan support. And I think the fact that it's Scotland is the biggest factor in all of that. People want to go somewhere else. We talk about the BBC showcasing more parts of the UK. And yes, they're going north and that is a good thing, but they're going to the north, north. They're going to Scotland. And yes, you could argue politics into this with Indie Referendum 2 or whatever you want to do, whether, that, whether Scotland will even be part of the UK by 2024. We don't know. But 
who cares? Because Scotland is beautiful. I would love to live in Scotland. Um, Glasgow is another city where I think over the past couple of decades, there's been real renovation, real turning points in what people see the city as. Um, It was once considered, as I'm sure, the comment about Leeds, a dangerous city. Um, Glasgow had part of that reputation once upon a time as well. Not so much anymore. And it's a really popular destination. So yeah, sure, go for it. I like that actually, on a more colloquial point, we're debating which would be the best one. And it's just like the fact that we're in the UK and that we don't have to go on a flight at all. I'm just like, take me anywhere. I, I don't care at this point. Obviously, Liverpool preference, but anywhere is great with me. Uh, one other point quickly is that every single city we've discussed, and indeed every city on the shortlist, has a venue that meets the requirements, right? And the venue is the most important aspect of all of this, so this is going to be a great show. Some people were really worried about specific cities being included. Put your worries to the side. This is a television event. The cameras will sort it out. Jonathan, what are your thoughts on Glasgow? I think of all the venues that I've seen sort of on photographs, Glasgow's over hydro is actually one of the most photogenic out of you know all of them i think it really actually stands out and you know the way that it's down on the river clyde creates some really beautiful scenery as well um so i i think it'll be you know a really pleasant you know area uh, to really go to and, and explore and and really see that area of scotland i think there may be um a key factor here that the arena is pretty much directly next to a BBC headquarter building, which makes it a lot easier for them to um, have a logistics centre right next to the arena and sort all of that out. You know, yes, Leeds has BBC Yorkshire in the city centre as well, but it, it is fairly small. I think the, the one in Glasgow is, is quite more substantial um, and would just allow an ease there that I think organizers would would really appreciate. Absolutely. We're getting a lot of comments on Glasgow. Mag Lab says, in Glasgow, they can play with the colored lights to recreate the flags like in Baku 2012. It would be amazing. Another huge benefit of that venue. I mean, how spectacular is that? You saw that in the Netflix movie, Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, that it was illuminated in different ways. That's a really good point. Suno Lee says, Glasgow's arena was used in filming of Fire Saga. Therefore, if Glasgow is chosen to host, I'll imagine one of the interval acts will be a tribute to Fire Saga. Okay, a new love, love, peace, peace, maybe some type of parody on the horizon. Mumu says, when I was in Glasgow, I didn't understand a word the locals were saying. Is Mumu a cow? Because I can imagine English being a very difficult language. No, I agree with you, Mumu, um, but that's part of the fun. Hashtag, we're building bridges. Hashtag, light your fire in Glaswegian. And Simcoe Official 2 simply says, blue heart, Glasgow, blue heart. Um... On the political point, this could be played both ways, right? Some people might say this is a good way for people who want Scotland to remain in the UK to say, haha, you're part of us, celebrate Eurovision with us. At the same time, you could see them giving the show a lot of Scottish flavor and then politicians saying, ah, look, we should be in Europe. We're part of Europe, Eurovision, we're hosting Eurovision. So you can play that many ways. I think you just can't consider that. Because until the show is on, you don't know how it's going to be executed. Um, So, yeah, maybe it's a little early for us to be, like, posturing. But I totally accept that could be, well, not a factor. It's something people will read into. I think the BBC just wants to put on a good show, ultimately. And so they're actually looking 
at their criteria. I think that they tend to follow form and for like this is not under the table. This is not backhanded and dirty. I think it's all above board. Um, and so I think the city that's best able to host will in fact host. Um, yeah, but you guys, we need to give love to all the cities and we have been neglecting some of them. So I wanna get your take on some of the others. Let's start in last place. Oh wait, that's Leeds. We've already done Leeds. We've done Sheffield. New <laughs> Newcastle. Um, currently only has 5% of the votes in our poll. Do either of you have strong feelings about the Northeast England city? You need to get Katie Wilson in here. <laughs> Katie Wilson, Mary Journalist. I don't know a lot about Newcastle. I think people might run into the same problem as Glasgow where they won't understand a thing that they're saying, but hey, you go across Europe wherever you go um, for Eurovision, so that shouldn't be a factor. Uh, I think it will be exciting, the fact it would be a northeast city, just on the same note of that historic depravity in the north to then bring a massive event. But I've not got loads of experience with Newcastle, um, but I do wish them well. Y'all, isn't depravity sin and deprivation poverty? I'm sorry, I, maybe it's an American English thing. But I maybe. Because there's sin everywhere as well. There is sin down here in London. Um, funny enough, I was just in Newcastle for a wedding and I, had, I ate the most delicious, I was shocked by how much good food there was and how much of it was like very affordable. I really appreciated how you could eat really well without like blowing the bank, unlike here in London. I have to show you a picture of this. It was whipped feta with apricots toasted almonds, mint, and just a smidge of honey. Oh, here it is. This is, look at that. It is a Ooh. vegan dream. Oh, because both, neither of y'all eat meat, right? No. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah, y'all need to head to Newcastle and get that delicious food. I was taken with like how spirited it was. Like at 5 p.m. on a Saturday, everyone was already out. There was this culture, this pub culture that was much more vibrant than even here in London. People really wanted to have a good time. Um, one of my friends made an interesting observation. He said that he thought everyone was going on a fancy dress night, but they were just going out. People like to get done up. Like, as part of this pub culture, people were really dressing up. And I just thought it was, it was so, it was so nice. I don't know, it was like, I ended up going to like a family reunion or something with all your aunties who have too much to drink. No, I'm just kidding. I really enjoyed it. It was really nice. And they actually have a fantastic arena, which again is the most important thing. The Utilita Arena Newcastle has a capacity of 11,000, according to WeeBlogs.com, and it's hosted global acts including Janet Jackson, Rihanna, Beyonce, and Lady Gaga. So, I mean, they've got the venue, they've got the spirit. Hotels? I'm no expert. Say that again? I just said Trivago. Oh yes, Hotels Trivago. I stayed at Motel One, um, but obviously that's not big enough to hold 2,000 people. But um, yeah, I just, I like the vibe. Look, my, my ultimate conclusion with this is any city with a big football team knows how to throw a big event. And all these cities have football teams. So, like, I'm not worried at all. I just, actually, I pity people at the BBC having to dice and slice between them. Um, in any case, why don't we move on unless anyone has anything else to say about Newcastle? I have a fun fact about mm. Newcastle. So I only learned this recently thanks to one of my lovely co-workers who's a big Eurovision and Blue Vlogs fan. So shout out to you, Jack. An ice cream. When you go up to an ice cream van in Newcastle and you want strawberry sauce on your ice cream cone, you don't ask for sauce. They call it monkey blood. Monkey blood? Is, they call it monkey blood. They're like, 
can I have, I'm not going to do a Geordie accent because I can't do it, but they go up to an ice cream van and they'll say, can I have a 99 with monkey blood? And I think that's insane, but I would love to see European reactions to monkey blood. It has to be some part of like a Eurovision dinner cuisine if it's in Newcastle. If anyone's from Newcastle, please comment and verify that um, because I'm obsessed with monkey blood. This reminds me of in Turin, how they did the thing about um, Italian gestures. In the yeah, yeah, maybe they would yeah. do a Newcastle kind of not lyrics but speech thing. We have a lot of comments actually about Newcastle. Oh, LEM Newcastle with Teresa May to host. Love a good RuPaul's Drag Race reference. Clara Simmons is commenting on the comments about Anton Deck. Oh, please keep Anton Deck away from Newcastle if it hosts. Um, Yulia says the Newcastle is her biggest surprise. Bookner doesn't know much about Newcastle. ESC Ellie thinks there are better options. Liam Allen Lindsay says Newcastle is what you call a window shopping bid where the officials of the city can say, look, we applied, but has no real chance. I gotta say, I was really taken with Newcastle recently. Um, maybe that uphill battle that weakness is their strength, right? Because you could see people at the BBC playing to all the things we talked about earlier, about rebuilding, lifting people up, investing in new areas. You know, I I would put that in the bid. I would be like, these are all the things people don't like about our city, but we're going to show them a new face. Um, That could be really, really powerful. Um, Okay, and the comments are drying up, so I'm going (laughs) to close the window now. All right, Jonathan, any comments on Newcastle? So I went to university in Durham, this is where my undergrad was, so I have been up to the northeast a bit, didn't take on the accent as you can hear, um, but I, yeah, I think the northeast has uh, a lot of potential in there. I think, uh, again, like to the others, it's a bit of the UK that often isn't really talked about much, you know, even you know, Leeds, Manchester, they're still fairly big cities that, you know, come up every once in a while again. So that, that northeast area could, I think, could really, you know, have a, its moment to shine, so to speak. Um, a point with, from earlier on with the food, definitely tending mm. as you move further north in the UK, prices do get cheaper. So for those who are looking for um, to save a bit of cash, may want their preferences to be slightly even further towards the north. <laughs> Um, and then just a brief, um, I guess, warning, so to speak, for anyone relating to going out. If you are coming to the UK and wanting to go to a club night, we don't do tracksuits. So <sighs> do not turn up to the club in a tracksuit. It is, um, as William said, a bit more just. I just want to quickly shout out to Simple Things for this super chat. Thank you so much. Looking forward to meeting you all next year, no matter the location. I've heard Glasgow Hard Rock Cafe is fantastic for gigs. Glasgow, Glasgow, maybe we'll have our wee wee jam there. Thank you so much, Simple Things, for your donation. That's very kind, especially in the light of the EBU coming up to us the night of the grand final after two weeks of collecting super chats and suddenly announcing that we couldn't have them in an act of aggression. We appreciate your support that is so kind thank you so much all right we move on there's a lot of love for glasgow um newcastle coming in this is like there's some positivity um People okay love the underdog i like that 
people all this is a vulgar i am not reading that vulgar comment that was, <laughs> basically someone mentioned how there are a lot of university students in newcastle and i think a lot of these cities have very vibrant university life um and that's great because that energy will end up translating into you know the buzz the feel in the city i think that's a much nicer way of saying that all right we move on and in our poll <laughs> where's the poll <laughs> <laughs> it was Manchester second, right? Yes, Manchester Maybe. was second. And there's a lot of love for Manchester in the comments. We discussed earlier how beautiful it would be to kind of, you know, bring Europe together at this venue that had the horrific terror attack at the Ariana Grande concert many years ago. Um, this city is all about rebuilding. They've rebuilt the center multiple times. You know, it's really cleaned up its image. When I first moved to the UK in 2006, people really made fun of Manchester. And, you know, then by the time of the Olympics and I, I was at the, in the center, it was so gleaming and shiny. And this city is all about being on the up. You know, they've got this rich football history. They've got spirited fans. There's a lot to love in Manchester. And I think a lot of people abroad, actually, after London, they do think of Manchester. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Manchester in England, mate. You know, it's like one of these things. People talk about Manchester abroad. Um, Book Nerd says, let's go Manchester. Book Nerd says Eurovision Song Contest, Manchester. Sarah wants Manchester to win. Oliver is holding up a rainbow beetle. It's a bee. It's a Manchester worker bee. A Manchester worker bee. Thank you. That's the that's the imagery of Manchester. It's beautiful. The worker bee. And I love that it's it's um, LGBT friendly. Oh, they got a great gay scene. Can we mention the Canal Street? Yes. Oh. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Please, please. Have you ever been to Manchester? Oh, have yes. you ever been to Manchester Pride? Oh yes. Manche Manchester Pride. I mean, slightly problematic in the pricing um, and some issues with um some other community charity stuff all that aside manchester pride is an incredible pride festival um the best kind of party atmosphere when you get onto canal street and sackville gardens just so much energy i was in bar pop for any bit of the, any manchester fans there um bar pop is a incredible little cheesy bar they played toy by netta followed by fuego by eleni ferrera followed by like an eight minute steps mega mix. And it was probably the best 10 minutes of my life. Manchester would be great for it. And I think that location, Sackville Gardens could be the perfect Yori village. I mean, we know that Eurovision has strong links with the LGBT plus community. We want to embrace that. We want to celebrate that. And we want to show that off. So I think that part of the Manchester bid, never mind the strong transport connections, because we know Manchester airport is massive. The tram system is fantastic as well. That, aspect of a village there is going to be a huge part in whatever that final bid ends up looking like. Joseph Mindy says, let's go Manchester. Lil says, Manchester is a cool city, but I feel like it's the London of the North in the sense that it already gets a lot of big concerts. Oh, that's very interesting. Um, the Manchester Bee would be an awesome Eurovision logo. Jonathan, do you have thoughts on Manchester? Well, so Picking up on that um, previous corner, I do agree in a bit, in a way, that Manchester does get a lot of the stuff from the north. Um, it is very much in the focus a bit more. That does mean that logistically, Manchester very much has the capabilities to pull this off with an ease. Um, they absolutely have the venue, they have the hotel accommodation, they have the international airport. Someone in Leeds, 
a lot of holidays when we were younger, we wouldn't go from Leeds International Airport. We would drive to Manchester uh, and fly from there because it just goes to so many more places uh, and probably would provide an, an ease in a way of people trying to get to to the city from, from other international locations. So I think with London out of the running, if there was going to be one city where logistically it was sort of the greatest chance, it would be Manchester. And as Cal Ingalls, hey Cal, says, Manchester already has all of its hotels ready to go. They can host big events. They do it all the time. So it, it, very, very exciting. Burkur Christian Silvu says Manchester is overrated. Luke B likes that Manchester is central and so accessible. And Yulia Orsanu says the Manchester Arena is my personal favorite venue on the short list. So there's a lot, a lot of love for Manchester. We should point out that AJ Odudu announced the 12 points from Manchester at the most recent Eurovision. The BBC recently moved all of their Eurovision production team up to Salford outside of Manchester. So again, it'd be very easy for them. Um, yeah, Manchester seems like a really strong option for a lot. You know, it's central, right? You can make the point, like, it's the hub of the north, as someone said. Everyone can get there. They've got the airport. They've got, you know, the, the nightlife. They've got... Everything. It literally ticks every single box. I've been reading that they're having renovations, three-year renovations, at the AO Arena. Um, however, clearly... Very clearly, they can put those on pause. Otherwise, they would have been eliminated um, in this process. So we'll wait for more details about that. Kara has a concern. Let's just hope Man U and Man City haven't got home games on during ESC time. Hey, more fun. More. Let's make merry with the footballers. I know Devin Adarimi is ready. Speaking of Devin Adarimi, weeweeblogs.com. He could not join us this evening because he is out on the lash, as he told me. However, he has sent me a video, which I'm going to play for you now in a very low-budget way through my iPhone. Um, and hopefully... Oh, pause. It's only about 90 seconds, so you guys, please welcome to the call Debin Adarimi, Weewee Blogs. On point or miserable, I don't know. I have been suffering without my AC. 
He raises some really good points. Let's talk about Birmingham, actually. All of you guys in the UK have probably seen the Commonwealth Games at some point in recent weeks, so you've been getting a flavor for Birmingham. Their city council has discussed having a golden decade of events where they're gonna bid for all sorts of international sport and cultural events, and Eurovision is part of that. The Commonwealth Games were a success. That's a, pr that's a really big event to pull off. People coming from all over the world, they have the infrastructure, they've got the hotels, they've got the venues. Um, the Resorts World Arena, hugely popular. They delivered the concert for Ukraine months ago. They were one of the first cities here to really say, let's showcase Ukrainian culture in a big way. They had Jamala performing. They got all these A-list stars to come and raise money for Ukraine. Like They've proven that even before Eurovision was on the horizon, they were committed and dedicated to using popular culture to help Ukraine. So I think all these things really work in their favor. Two things that work against them in my mind, just if you're, I don't know, if you're a suit, a bureaucrat somewhere sitting in an office trying to make this decision. One, they obviously hosted Eurovision the last time it was in the UK, so there's this whole swell of people saying, give someone else a chance. However, you could argue they hosted a long time ago nonetheless, so, you know, should we hold it against them that they hosted several decades ago? No. Another point, people might say, oh, they've just had the Commonwealth Games, as Debin hinted at, and it's like, oh, spread the love, share the wealth, showcase new places. Again, I ultimately think the BBC will go with whoever has the best overall package and they won't consider things like this. Um, but yeah, Birmingham, bookie's second favorite behind Glasgow. Jonathan, what do you think? I think Birmingham's odds have risen quite substantially since holding the Commonwealth Games. I think, in a way, um, it has come at the perfect time to showcase the city and what it can do to then put forward into a Eurovision bid um, that just none of the other cities necessarily have. Glasgow has cop last year with maybe a, a close second in that regard. Um, so in terms of someone maybe new to it all, um, who's just sort of looking now at what the cities are, are putting forward, Birmingham would be one that your eye would probably draw towards of the park. Um, so yeah, I th th I will be honest, there is a small part of me that is one of those people where it's like Birmingham hosted last time, so it should just go <laughs> to somewhere else. Um, but if they do get it, I'm absolutely not going to hold that against them whatsoever. Oliver. I do have to agree that I'm slightly in that camp as well, um, because it, it's just... I don't like it when it's in the same place all the time but also it has only been once and there's been 25 host nations and different cities since then um so yeah let's see what birmingham can do now i want to bring something up a while ago sometime last year there was a twitter trend that was birmingham yes birmingham and a quite a famous journalist in the uk i believe posted a picture of the canals like looking really pretty which Obviously, back in the day, once again, as seems to be a recurring theme with a lot of these cities, there was some deprivation there. Um, and Birmingham almost has this reputation, um, like a lot of the comments coming in about Leeds, about Liverpool, about Newcastle, this reputation from people that haven't been there, that it's not very a pretty city. Um, but it really is. And it's really upped its game. It's got lots of beautiful places um, near Barry and across the country. Um, 
I'd really like Birmingham. I think there's a really unique culture there. It has a large diaspora from different parts of the world, um, a large Southern Asian population in Birmingham as well, and therefore one of the best cuisines in the UK. Go. I mean, we didn't mention in Manchester as well, the Curry oh. Mile. Oh, oh yes. Birmingham. <laughs> That's going to be a huge factor as well in that bit. But I think Birmingham cuisine, mm. like you just have to try it. Um, I saw Lady Gaga at the venue on the elusive Joanne World Tour. Um, the concert that wasn't come and really is a great venue um, surrounded by the canals lots of nice architecture and easily um, they've got the accommodation they've got the logistics yeah Birmingham is definitely in with the shout um, as are all of these cities though I just I can't see a clear favourite at this point I really do think that one of the factors because they all have strong venues I think one of the factors that's going to play make a difference is how the city councillors the organizers have an idea yeah. of incorporating ukraine how will they work with their local communities who are either hosting ukrainian refugees or the ukrainian diaspora who already live there how are they going to engage with this community i think that could give any of these the x factor right if they have some idea some plan some infrastructure um we know from their various uh, statements already that many of these cities are either twin with the ukrainian city or they have special programs you know there are cities of sanctuary and refuge etc etc we don't know the details yet about how they will execute that. So that's going to be kind of, that's not in the darkness, but that, that's lurking in the background. And I can't wait to see what they have planned. ESC Connor says, people say Birmingham is also a dangerous city, but I felt really safe when I visited lovely city. And I do think a lot about safety is how people, when they're visiting a new place where they choose to go, right? Like there are many parts of London where at 3 a.m., if I'm in drag, I'm not going to walk down the street in those neighborhoods at that hour. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's all about how you kind of, yeah, you just have to be mindful. And there will be extra security as well. Um, I don't think we should write cities off based on hearsay and what we've heard someone say on Twitter a few years ago. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, all right, you guys. Well, we have now discussed all of the cities in the running to host the Eurovision Song Contest 2023. I'm just going to quickly see if there are any final questions or comments from the beautiful people watching right now. Um, uh -huh. Simple things. The UK is so lucky to have so many possible venues. It must be one of the countries that have so many indoor arenas to capacity. I absolutely agree with that. The pop cultural infrastructure here is insane. You, you, you drive a few hours and you're at another world-class arena. That's just bananas. Like up north, actually, you, you, I forget which one of you mentioned it, but we were discussing this kind of northern corridor of the three cities that are all lined up, basically. They all have world-class venues. It's just bananas. Um, yes. Um, Mike says Birmingham is boring. Listen, honey. And I want to get a comment from each of you on this. Have you ever been? This is the thing. London sometimes I feel is really boring. And the reason I feel London is really boring is I've not planned. I've not done my research. Where am I going to go tonight? Tonight's Friday night. Guess what I'm doing? I'm having an Indian takeaway and sitting here at home. I could say that I'm bored, but guess what? I love an Indian takeaway. So I'm creating my own magic. So everyone needs to create their own magic wherever we go. Ultimately, you want to be at the venue at Eurovision because Eurovision is that three-night event, right? These three live shows, they come and they go, then they're gone. So you can go back to the Museum of Local Cuisine later, right? So I just think people need to like 
just plot and plan, you will have a brilliant time. You will go to Eurovision Village. You know, in many ways, it's better for Eurovision organizers if there isn't any tourist stuff to do, because it means you've got a full house at all of your Eurovision-related events. So you put on, you know, Eurovision Village, everybody's going to go there because there's nothing else to do. And I'm not saying there's nothing else to do in Birmingham. What I'm saying is Eurovision's amazing regardless of whether they've got a great museum of Egyptian artifacts, right? Um, Jonathan, tell me, in Leeds, what should we do in Leeds? So what, what is the one thing we have to do when we're not at Eurovision in Leeds? Um, I think the big draw towards the city centre would be the Royal Armouries. So that is where this giant elephant armour is held. Uh, and you can go and see all of the... There's like Henry VIII battle combat armour as well. And sort of that is, sort of, I guess, the big museum. It's down by the docks as well. So you can have a walk along the River Eyre. There's, yeah, there's loads to do. And while we're at it, Oliver on Liverpool. Oh my gosh, how do I pick one thing? I think the Pride Quarter, you have to see kind of Liverpool's gay scene, Superstar Boudoir, shout out to Superstar Boudoir, um, OMG, and all of the other gay bars that are there, I think is a really special, unique Liverpool little community. But also just seeing the dock with your own eyes, it really is one of the most unique places, I think, in any city across the UK. The three graces, so the Liver building and the two buildings next to it, it is really just stunning. I mean, I take it for granted because I see it almost every week. But yeah, it, it's really is something to witness. And just having a drink on the dockyard, being able to look out across the Mersey, it's such a unique experience that you can't get in many other places. So anybody who is planning on coming to Liverpool, scoping it out before... Um, Eurovision next year, or they are coming to Eurovision next year, and we happen to be in Liverpool. I'll show you around. I'll be your tour guide, please. Um, lots of stuff to do here. Very exciting. And if you're in Inver Inverness, Finlay TGM will happily take you over to Loch Ness to show you that monster. I went there for summer holiday last year, <laughs> and I did not see the monster. I was very disappointed. While we're at it, Glasgow. The one thing I remember doing outside of like the cultural, uh, well, this is cultural. I, long story short, I went to this kinetic museum. There's this guy, I think he fled Russia many, many years ago, but he makes kinetic puppets. I just have to show you this video. It's so cute. Oh, I think I know. It's this. really cool. Yeah. If um, I don't know if you can see oh. it, but all this stuff like moves are these really elaborate, complicated. Um, it's called Glasgow Kinetic Theater. And you can barely see it, but I promise you it is amazing and it all moves around. Um, so yeah, there's lots of stuff to do everywhere. We're gonna wrap this up now because um, it's now 7.15. Each of you guys, I'm gonna come to you for a closing statement. And while you think of that, I will just read a few comments. You can say anything you want, by the way. Do not feel limited. Ator Robles Maria says, let's... I have special attraction for Liverpool, but let's see. Liverpool is a shame. Haven't hosted Eurovision yet. I hope 2023 will be its debut. A lot of people say it's a ridiculous... Oh, this is Matthew Lindman. Is it just me or is it kind of absurd there are odds for host cities? It's amusing. There are odds for everything. I always find it amusing when people start placing odds on the Miss Universe pageant before we know all the contestants, just based on historical voting records, etc. Um, you guys... Simcoe says, I think Glasgow will host Eurovision Song Contest 2023. Javier wants Edinburgh. Sadly, that's not in the running. Luca B, where is the top crimes video? Listen, hunty. So we have narrowed the list of crimes from about 7,000 to about 15. 
Turin was an experience. I'm just going to leave it at that. And this crime video could be a miniseries. It could be a made-for-TV movie, and it would not have a... Any, long story short, it's being filmed. I hope to have it up at some point in 2022. Maybe by Christmas. No, we are going to do that eventually. Probably in September, though, because August is just a little crazy. Um, all right, you guys. It is now time for closing comments, final comments, anything you want to say. You could say that Noah Carell is the winner of Eurovision 2023, like our dear friend in Israel, whose name I cannot read. Thank you so much for your comment. Toda. Oliver, why don't we kick it off with you? First of all, bold statement on Noah Carell when she's only the first confirmed artist. That's all I'll say. I'm ready. Uh, I, no, <laughs> can I just tell you, Tel Aviv, the experience as a journalist there was amazing. It was one of the best. It was just iconic. The weather was great. The food was great. Everything was organized. That venue only held 9,000, by the way, but it looked huge on TV. Sorry, Oliver. I want to round this off by saying I think my top three, or at least the ones that I predict are probably going to be the finalists in this, will be Glasgow, Manchester, and call me biased, but Liverpool. Um, and that is mainly due to the amount of hype that we've seen today for Liverpool on the BBC channels. Just the fact that they're giving it so much coverage, I think that really is a good sign. We've got a really amazing team, Harry Doyle, Joanne Anderson, all of Liverpool Council, um, I've got my fingers crossed for all of them, but ultimately, good luck to all the cities. And wherever you are in the UK um, or wherever you are in Europe, I hope that you enjoy the show that we eventually put on for you because wherever it is, it's going to be fantastic. I'm really sorry if by mentioning the kinetic theatre that was triggering, Simple Thing says, not a kinetic stage, please. That kinetic sun still haunts <laughs> all of us. All of us. Jonathan in Exeter. Um, I think my final comment would be that really these are seven very strong options. There's none in there that I'm like, why on earth are they even being considered? I would be happy to go to any of these seven cities and I think that's just you know, a testament to the capabilities of the UK and, and also now specifically the northern half of the UK considering where all these are. So I think it's obviously fun to debate and you know have a conversation about where we really want this to be but i would say that you know fans can really be at ease with this shortlist um i don't think there's going to be um any major drama in terms of the city itself we'll see in terms of staging organization or all of that that's to come um but i think all of the cities have a a strong sort of option well said People need to remember Eurovision is not a building, right? Your Eurovision experience is not having the world's biggest field. You know, the Eurovision experience is not about there being the world's biggest football club down the road. It's about seeing the show and being with people who share your enthusiasm for Eurovision. And you can get that in any of these places. If we look back at host cities, I think I've been to 12 or 13 Eurovisions and did I want to go to Baku? Was not on my bucket list. Did I want to go to Malmö? Was not on my bucket list. Dusseldorf, didn't want, I know. But I had a great time in all of these places. And you end up remembering the stage shows and the rehearsals and the people and like the drama. You remember lots of things that a normal tourist wouldn't remember because you're going for this contest, right? So your vantage point changes when you're at Eurovision. Like when we were in Torino, I honestly forgot we were in Torino at various points because like you're so in this kind of bubble. Um, shout out to the, was it the CX Hotel where we crashed in their lobby for a week? 
you know, so when I think of Eurovision 2022, I think of squatting um, in this place that had a public loo and iced coffee for the first week because rehearsals were closed. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Long story short, I'm happy with all these options and I'm just ready to like sit back and like see where they take us. It's interesting. In the past, I've been very invested in, oh God, where are we going to go? Like where are we going to go? Like, but this year I've... I, I, Anywhere is fine. I, to be honest, I didn't want it to be London. I was worried. I was like, I really don't want it to be London. I was like, what if it's like a curveball? And it, I didn't expect it to be. But when it wasn't, I was actually really happy because it means I get to go somewhere as opposed to staying at home with my cats, you know. So very, very exciting. And also, it's cheaper for me to go live somewhere for two weeks up north than it is to be in London in my own apartment. That's just a fact. So, yay, this is gonna be amazing. We get to see each other. And there's so many weeby bloggers who live in England and so everyone will get to go. And like, it's just gonna be amazing. I'm really, really excited. And so are our readers. Fingers crossed in 2023 will be unique, interesting, amazing show with, hosted in Great Britain together with Ukraine. Great Britain and Ukraine are good friends and partners. Absolutely, we are with you. Blue heart, yellow heart. Simcoe's prediction is Glasgow. Lonica says Turin stage was horrible. Okay, I do think some people would agree with you. I think in the end it looked really good. A lot of my friends who didn't know the drama were like, it's amazing. Um, and yeah, Connor Wells says, I think it's going to be between Glasgow and Manchester, and I think Manchester might edge it in Connor's opinion. Well, look, you guys, we cannot sit here forever, but thank you so much for joining us on this. I guess we could call this the first live stream of the Eurovision 2023 season, even though that technically doesn't start till September 1st. This worm is a little, or this bird is a little early to the worm, but we have sucked on the blood, which is not the ice cream in Newcastle with thing in it. See, it's already lost in translation if you've come to this video late. <laughs> Um, monkey blood yeah but guys it was great to see you um, thank you guys so much for watching and we are gonna see y'all later bye, bye.